Whoa, 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 whoa. Isn't this show supposed to be about quiet times? Well, it doesn't have to be boring. What's up, people? Good afternoon. It's John here on It's My Show, Not My Show with Luando, yeah? Yes, we're going into the book of Exodus today, and uh, it's divided into two parts. First being uh, Israel's uh, in slavery by the Egyptians, and then after that, their exodus into Sinai. That is the, that's what it means. It's basically God leading them into, the, into freedom. And uh, the reason why they were enslaved in the first place is because, like humanity has in the whole Old Testament, uh, disobeyed God and uh, went astray. And obviously, uh, it is, it's a reflection of why we need atonement and salvation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this is very exciting. Myself and John, <laughs> we have uh, different views, <laughs> but it's, it, it, it's cool because I don't think there's anyone wrong different perspective you see what i'm saying so but you know there's there's learning from both perspectives but it's it's amazing it's amazing and i think it's more my perspective is more personal than your perspective what do you say john <laughs> um personal yeah, yeah like, i don't know i think it's bias remember guys this is a talk show uh, i did yeah. do a certain amount of research but i didn't go into hebrew names and things i gotta do that as, to a point yeah. but uh yeah so let's see let's see if maybe we won't be have separate views after this no 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 no, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay so john thinks it's it's, one it's mind, bias one but you know don't forget to visit our website www.activefm.co.za and also our facebook page forward slash at activefm777 and also our instagram page at activefm777 our twitter Active FM. So this is who we are. This is Active FM. It's my show, but not my show. This is where you find us. So we're very excited. This is home, a place to be. So John, um, so give us more. You know, I, I actually don't know even who, who know where to start. So I'll actually say, obviously, we know the author of the book was Moses himself. Yes. You know, uh, yeah. So Moses wrote the book, and I know there are many arguments and all that. But this is what we believe. There's so much uh, evidence about this. And also, this was like 4000 BC, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. This was taking place. You know, one of the things I've, I've actually, I've, I can say, discovered is when I was doing like, uh, I can say it was a, a short study about history. And one of the things that I learned about was that how, you know, Egypt was so rich and Moses and them, they actually pop out out of, you know, the history of the kingdoms back then. And it was amazing because though they were not mentioned as like the way the Bible will mention it, but the fact that, you know, their names and, 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 and their, them moving from Egypt to Canaan appear, can actually appear in the history. And what makes this thing important is that, you know, what you, you find out is that the Bible is not only the source about the life of Moses and that. So there's actually these sources outside the Bible that actually prove that Moses and the, and the Israelites actually existed, I mean, for 4,000 years BC. 
before Christ died, before Christ was born, so these people actually existed. So there's so much evidence that you know what that actually proves the Bible right. The most important thing is that I mean, to be honest, if you knew that the Bible is right, how would you be living? How would your life be? So that's what we're looking at. So most one of the things that we learn about it, as John mentioned, is that you know the Israelites are being saved from uh, from slavery and given a promised land that God actually promised to their forefathers. And another thing is that it's it, it, it's the law that we learn about given to the Israelites to make them live a separated, anointed, sanctified life. So these people were actually, you know, set apart for God himself. These were the yeah. priests of God. Through the Israelites, God wanted to reveal his glory to the whole world. To so them, that's yeah. that's what we learn about the book of Exodus. So here, John is going to present his case. It's like, you know, win the court, man. Come on, bring your... <laughs> well, there's a couple of things I'd like to say first about Exodus yeah. as a whole, and I'll get to... Where we disagree, yeah. uh, but um, it is it's like not a disagreement. I don't yeah. know where you get the thing like it's a yeah. disagreement. So it's, no, it's not like there's a verse where it says uh, uh, and John was wrong. So I don't know. It is a disagreement. No, guys, there's much love here. There's much agreement. We just we enjoy these things, you know. So um, yeah, so there's just a couple of things I'd like to say about Exodus. Um, it's a reflection of one uh, God's mercies. People, people, they really look at the Old Testament as as God being harsh and uh, unforgiving and destructive. And the thing is, is that God is God is just and He's righteous and He has to punish evil doing. But at the same time, He's merciful. And this, and so there's like a tension there. So we see that in uh, on, the, on the top of Mount Sinai when um, the ten ten commandments are being given to Moses and um, there at the bottom, you have the Israelites that are, have, uh, have have told Aaron to build a golden calf so they may worship it because it became impatient uh, for the Ten Commandments. And just on the top of Mount Sinai, there's the presence of God and the Israelites are busy building a calf. It just shows the ignorance of us human beings. And uh, so while, while these Ten Commandments are being written, God notices this and literally tells Moses, look, I'm, they just need to die, just to kill, wipe out all of them. And uh, Moses, he actually is like, no, what will the people think of you, God? And at that point, God actually listens to Moses. And straight after that, he says, look, I am a merciful God. So it's not that God at the end of the day was going to kill them. It's to show, look, I will hear you out. I am a merciful God. And um, uh, that was one of the things that I found really big. Also, the way that the tabernacle was constructed as well. It's like a resemblance yeah. of back at uh, the That's, garden of yeah, adam that and Evil. one is very very interesting yeah yeah like at the center you have the holies of holies mm. and um it's where the presence of god resides and also the way that the covenant um um the, the ark of the covenant was was constructed with cherubs ch cherubims on top and the jewels and the, the, way, the way it was made it it's a reflection of the garden of eden of, of perfection and also there were there were angels in the garden even you can see as well when when they exited there was there was an angel guarding the outside and obviously they were on the outside and that's not what they saw with flaming sword with a cherub busy guarding it and um yeah so that's that's uh some large points of God's mercy um, and a, a reflection of the perfection of what Jesus was going to do within us. All of that, the tabernacle and all that stuff now is in us. We are the temple and we have and contain God's presence in us. So, um, yeah, so the, the part where, where we, is there something else you want to say before I get into that? 
Um, I think about the <laughs> the the temple, so the tabernacle. Yeah. Uh, how it was. I was actually looking at the thing, um, the construction, and you know, it it looked like you know those futuristic you know buildings. Like mm. wow, this is an old. I mean, uh, building mm. work that even today still looks like something just coming in the future yeah so it was you know amazing the the mindset you can actually see that you know the mindset behind it it's actually from god yeah and it's it's there for a purpose yeah so that's what i wanted to say it so is. until you 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 finish mm. <laughs> yeah no, no i'm good there eh? we chilled out <laughs> i'm joking <laughs> okay yeah so this is this is my case and this is this is what i what I want to say about this, um, the part where, so just to give some context, um, Pharaoh, he's, he's such an evil ruler in Egypt that even his, his servants, his, um, the people, his advisors, his advisors, sorry, they, they're around him and they think that this guy is really wicked. Like he's just going overboard, which is kind of funny because the Egyptians was like, they, they believed to have the, the best sight. Because that was the the eye of Horus, uh, the one who sees all, the one who has the best perspective. But he was so badly blinded, he um, he, he saw nothing pure, nothing true, and he even found it right to kill um, um, Israeli boys, young children. He, he saw righteous, he saw just, and that is how evil he grew and how, how bad he was. Now my argument is is that I don't believe that God hardened his heart. Um, I, I, I think that that's a con- uh, contradiction to his character because that God does not force anyone to do anything. And um, if you see before the five, the, 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 the first, the first, in the first five plagues, um, his heart was already hard. And um, the, thereafter, and, and then after, the, well, after every, every plague of the first five, uh, Moses gave Pharaoh um, a chance to humble his heart, which he did not do. And when the time came that God actually did harden his heart, he did what it is that he had predicted. He knew that Pharaoh would refuse. And so there was nothing left to do. He was lost and ultimately led to his demise in the ocean. And they tried to drive the, well, ultimately lost his son first. And that's what made him give up. And still, even after that, ran after these rights and into his demise. So that's what, that's, that's my case. So, but you're saying... After, obviously his heart was hardened, mm. God hardened his heart when he, he didn't repent. Does it make sense? So you do say that God hardened his heart. Yes. But after he was given an opportunity, do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. So did God harden his heart? Not initially, but <laughs> afterwards, yes. Okay. So basically there was no point anymore in playing this game. Yeah. Okay. For me, I think there's... There's more context to this, and I think you also mentioned a point where, you know, the Israelites actually made God so so angry because of their stupid sin. Yeah. And God just wanted to destroy them. And, but now the whole thing. Sometimes you're like, yeah, but you know, God does change His mind, because that's another argument to say. But did God really change His mind? Because He made up His mind. I'm gonna destroy these people. The next thing, there's Moses like, God, you know, if you destroy these people, these people, you know, you kill them. What are, are the other nations going to say? They're gonna call you a failure. I'm just, you know, trying to spice up the thing. So, but the whole thing, it's a prototype. The whole story from uh, um, 
about the Israelites being enslaved by Pharaoh, uh, Moses himself, Moses is a prototype of who Jesus is. He is the middleman which presents who, which intercedes for what? For the Israelites, but it's the prototype of who Jesus is. You see what I'm saying? The whole thing is the prototype of what will happen when Jesus Christ comes. Yeah. So first thing that we have is that you, you have the middleman, which is who? Is, is, is Moses, but at the same time you have the middleman. So Moses was the, the, the representation of, of Christ Jesus because now what we have now in our day, we have Jesus interceding for us. Yeah. So Moses had to play out the role of, of Christ to a point where God spoke to, to, to Moses and said, you know, before Pharaoh, I'll make you as a God. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So that means... God made Moses to be able to correct God. If we say correct God or show God the other outcome, you see what I'm saying? But that role was actually something that was a reflection of what Jesus Christ will do for us. That when God decides, you know, I want to wipe these people by Christ's stands on what on our behalf. So I can actually say God placed his character in who of mercy, of compassion in Moses. So God himself actually through Moses corrected himself. Mm. You see what I'm saying? I cannot yeah. say God changes mind. No, God didn't change his mind. But that was actually now, that was showing another door of grace, how God was actually going to move. Yeah. And so now what you have here, this, this is about kingdoms. You see, this is not an easy, uh, uh, or, or you just look at the scripture. But you know, one of the things John I don't like is when the Bible says, God hardened someone's heart. And I will come and think, yeah, but you, you do this and this. But sometimes I think you'd be like, you know, God, do you know that there's a verse that says God created evil? <laughs> yeah, look, it's context okay. as well. And, and, and now what happens is that we defend God. Look, look, do you understand what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. We, we, we defend God, but you know when we ask God, but I, God, why did you harden his heart? Now, this is a problem. I, I think that God... Egy Egyptians, they were where they were hmm. because of God. Yeah. We need to understand they were rich. They were out. It's, it's like Rome, uh, Rome in its own time. Do you understand? It, it was like controlling the whole world. And Egyptians, Egypt came to a point where it was the ultimate. It was like the, the, the ultimate kingdom in the whole world that was controlling the world. How do I know this is because at the time of Joseph, look, now we're going back hmm. at the time of what of Joseph. What happened was that Egypt was the only country that had food. The Bible says the, the plague, the drought hit the whole land. So every nation had to go to Egypt for what? For food. And which, which means now, through the dream of Joseph, now Egypt became this prominent big kingdom in the whole world. So now what, what these people did was to do what was to now chuck God out and they forgot that God, you the one who actually blessed us. The same people of God, the God that blessed what Egyptians now were enslaved. But to be honest, the reason why Egypt was rich, it was because of who? Of the God of the Israel of the Israelites. You see what I'm saying? So now what happened? We already see before Moses is, is before we even told you know Moses is born and all that that you know these people have rebelled against God, and now what happened is that God is punishing. 
And, and God did say, when he spoke to Abraham, this, this was a prophecy before Joseph, Jacob, Isaac. And God said, you know what? In the future, you will have your descendants will be enslaved for 400 years, but I will punish. So now what happens is that when the Bible says God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And why, what was the reason of God hardening Pharaoh's heart? When God hardened Pharaoh's heart, the more Egypt was destroyed, the more plagues there were, but the hardening of the heart, it was God punishing. Do you understand what I'm saying? It was God punishing because the more his heart, the king, the ruler, his heart would be punished. Guess what? What will happen? That the more Israel, the whole, sorry, Egypt, Egypt will be punished. But God had in his heart to punish the sin that they have done wrong. You see what I'm saying? So now, it, yes, his heart was, he was an evil man. You know that. He killed uh, uh, the young generation, two boys and all that he killed. He was an evil man. But God had in his heart to punish the sin that he did. So I believe, that's why I'm saying there, there's no disagreement. Do you understand what I'm saying? Just that maybe we have a, a, a because we have a, a different perspective, or maybe you haven't had my perspective. It doesn't mean we, we we are disagreeing. You see what? But the biggest point I understand is that God hardened His heart, and the more His heart was hardened, the more Egypt was destroyed. So now let me give you an example. So you have God. God is God. Doesn't change even in our time. And then you have Moses, who presents Jesus. And then we have the Israelites. The Israelites, they present who? They present us. You see what I'm saying? And now we have Pharaoh and his kingdom. And Pharaoh presents Satan. You see what I'm saying? Pharaoh yeah. presents Satan. And Pharaoh has a kingdom. As much as Satan has kingdom. As much as Satan has, has enslaved people to sin and is using people. Same thing. That, that, that's what Pharaoh is doing. And God is showing the enemy. I, I love this thing, Mr. John. <laughs> I love this thing. Because Pharaoh doesn't know that his heart is hardened. In the scripture, he doesn't know. No, he, he thinks, you know, he, he, he looks at himself. Pharaoh looks at himself and he says, you know what? I am. Like Satan in, in heaven, he thought, you know, I am. I am the boss. I am God. There's no one who's bigger than me. And that's how Pharaoh is looking at himself. But it's amazing because God hardened his heart. He doesn't even know. But God had in his heart to actually destroy him and his kingdom. And the same thing that Satan actually enslaved humanity from the beginning. From the book of Genesis. I mean, we're going through the, the book of Genesis, how men were tempted into sin. But from that moment, Satan had a kingdom where he, he enslaved people. But God is saying, you know what? I have come to your kingdom, Satan. And God is showing us through who Pharaoh to say, Satan, I've come into your kingdom. And I see you enslaving my people. And I'm trying to save my people, but your heart is more hardened. But I'm hardening your heart. You know what does that mean? That means God is so in control. That is even in control of the heart of the enemy. That's what I love. When Satan thinks he has everything, he thinks he's in control of his heart. Guess what happens? God says, no. I've even hardened the heart of the enemy, but he doesn't even know. But the heart of the enemy, if you look at, 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 at Jesus himself on the cross, he's destroyed more because the Pharisees, the Rome, they have these hard hearts. But the more Christ is destroyed, the more we receive the blood of Jesus, the more we receive the spirit, the more we receive freedom, the more we receive restoration. And now I love, I, I don't know if you notice, John, there's, there's actually one verse. And this was like the, the, the ultimate thing 
for me what happened was that before the before the people of of israel went through the red sea was that they actually got stuck there but god told him told moses that you know what the people will, will get stuck between the desert and the red sea and when pharaoh sees them you know what he will think he will think yo this is my turn he will think that he has the people he will destroy them what i love is that god made the enemy to think in a certain way you see what i'm saying which means god is not just in control of the heart of the enemy but god is also in control of the mind of the enemy of the thinking of the enemy the moment where the enemy you know sometimes you can like you know the enemy is going to destroy me is coming after me but god said no it's, it was a setup <laughs> but Pharaoh didn't know it was a setup but god is showing us that you know what I've set up the enemy. He thinks he's chasing you, but God, you know what was God's plan? God's plan was that he wants the enemy to come thinking that he will destroy the people, not knowing that he will drown in the Red Sea. That was a setup for the enemy to drown in the Red Sea. And that's actually the thing that, you know, God does is that he is so in control. He is so mighty that he is in control of the heart of the enemy. At the same time, he's in control of the thinking of the enemy without even the enemy knowing that God is controlling him. He can never escape God. Okay, but then here's my question. Mm. Then what is the enemy if God is in control of it? Who is the enemy? If God is controlling them, then who is the enemy? Do you see what I'm saying? So no, no, me, no, 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 can I, can I finish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what, what is the core of love? What's the point of the, the tree in the garden of Adam and Eve? It's free will. So if That's, God takes away mm. free will, there's no love. So, so who so, is yeah. and what is the enemy if so, God is controlling everything? So what I'm saying to you is... So wow, God okay, control, cool. Now, God it's, like control. A kid, it's like a kid playing with toys in a box, like, yeah, he's the enemy. And then, so it's, there's, no, there's no real good and bad. It's just a kid playing with toys. You see what I'm saying? God control the enemy for the good of what? God control the enemy for the good of the, of the Israelites, for his people. Do you understand? If you don't believe in God and you, you are against God, yeah. God can, can never be in control of your enemy. So you're telling me as a Christian, God is not control of your enemy, which means if God is not control of your enemy, then God cannot save you from your enemy. But then, Do you understand then, what I'm but saying? then God is my enemy. If no, God is controlling my enemy. It's not. Then what is my enemy? Enemy is Satan. But now Satan... What makes Satan Satan? Disobedience. D- right. Does, yeah, you're right. Okay. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So let's say you, John, you're the Christian. Yes. You believe in Jesus. Yes. Right what I'm saying? Yes. And then me, I am Luando. I'm okay. not a Christian. In okay. fact, I hate God. Yes. In fact, I tell the whole world that you know what? You suck. Okay. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay. At the same time, God does want to save me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. But now what happened is that I'm not in a covenant with God. Okay. Because at the same time, when you are in a covenant with God through Jesus, you are actually one with God. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that means you are one with the one who has the power over the enemy. You see what I'm saying? But what happens to me when I'm outside what? The, 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 what do you call this thing? When I'm outside the, the covenant, the, the covenant yes. you know, it's like what? It's like we here in the house and we here in the house and God is your father and he, he actually, he has traps 
for the enemy, the alarm and all that when the enemy comes. Do you understand what I'm saying? And now God is able to, he knows as a father, how this is how the enemy thinks. You see what I'm saying? And what happened is that God is able to do what? To, 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 to trap the enemy and take the enemy to prison. You see what I'm saying? But you protected because you're in the house. But what about me when I'm outside the house? Is God going to be able to trap an enemy or protect me from the enemy when I'm outside the house in the darkness? Hmm. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So what I'm saying is, so, remember so this was working for the good of the people of Israelites. You see what I'm saying? And this at the same time, God is hardening his heart as the punishment to, uh, to, 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 the, to the enemy, but as a reflection also to the punishment of, to who? To Satan and his kingdom. Because they have done wrong so much to us. You see what I'm saying? God cannot stand back and say, you know what? You, Satan, you're doing this and that and that and that. You see what I'm saying? He deceived people in the garden of, what? of, of Eden. So now, according to Pharaoh, what we, we see through Pharaoh is that Pharaoh, he thinks he's in control of his heart, but he's deceived. Why? Because, and that's a reflection of the enemy, that by God, through God, by truth, the enemy is deceived. He thinks he's still in power. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, so his decision to be against God is not influenced by God, but God already sees, okay, this person is not going to change. So then, therefore, he that's, now takes that's, control. That's my point. Yeah, okay, do you I can what accept I'm that. Yeah, that's, that's my point. Okay. You see, so okay. it's always God does something for you as the child of God. Yes. Do you understand what I'm saying? He will do anything. He has power. Is not limited. You know that scripture that says, uh, uh, I mean, if God have really hardened Pharaoh's heart, who am I to say God didn't do it? I mean, when you create something, you create it for yourself. Do you understand? No one has to tell you you're wrong when you do this thing. Do you understand what I'm saying? And, uh, and the thing is that God is able to do anything. Mm. But the problem is that when God does something, we always reason it based on what, on our, I can say, human, whatever mm. structure and all that. But God is a bigger picture. What you're mm. going to reason, I mean, with God, I mean, you know, it, the earth is so small to the biggest star, to the sun itself. Do you understand mm. what I'm saying? How many earths you can fit into the sun? You see what I'm saying? And how many earths you can actually fit into the biggest star? But how many now, the big, biggest stars can you use to compare them to God? Not, the Bible says they're less than nothing. What are you going to reason with God? Mm. You see what I'm saying? Look, look, I mean, sometimes God is so big that it gets to a point where we think that God is contradicting himself, but we don't really know that's, his bigger that's picture. That's my point. No, I get you. Yeah. Do you know those verse, verses where it says this, and then the other one, it says this. And we're like, you know, and that's, that's what we hear about people, not Christians, like, uh, but this God contradicts himself. He does say this, and then he says this. And, mm. But the problem is that sometimes... We do things without the Holy Spirit, so we don't really have the context of what of 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 to understand. Yes. Like if I have to, like what this, is God doing? Th- this is the last question. Yeah. If I had to ask you a question, God gave you a choice. Yes. In the Garden of Eden. Yes. Right. Yeah. He gave you a choice for what? To choose Him or not? To choose Him or not? To choose Him, yeah. Because I mean, if He didn't give me a choice, that wouldn't be real love. Because you only love something that you give real free, free will to. I mean, you like, see, I, I can't force something to love me. To give you choice, I believe I have to give you options. Yes. But I don't see where God is giving men an option to choose something else. Because God only created a man for one thing. And that was him, himself. 
The Bible says when he speaks to, to the Israelites, he says, you know, I created you for my glory. I never created you for, an, for the enemy, for darkness. And, and, and even there, God says, don't. So the choice. Don't eat from that tree. No, it's, it's not for you. It's not mm. a choice. God is it's a command. It's not a choice. It's not for you because you have the ability you made in my image. But it's not a choice that you eat from that tree. And people, I don't see Adam and, and the woman, I mean, being tempted to eat from that tree. They were not tempted. Mm. They were deceived. Yes. It was not because they wanted and they knew it was a choice. They were deceived because the tree was elevated by the enemy to be bigger than God himself. Because they said this tree can make you become like God, God yeah. which means God is actually failing to make you become like him. So this tree is bigger than God can do what God cannot do. You see what I'm saying? So yes. I, I, I feel like it's actually Satan who gave men a choice. Do you understand? Because Satan, with his deception, he actually, he actually created another option to say, you know what? Yeah, there's another life. You can choose this one. But God said, no, you don't choose that one. You don't touch it. It's not for you. Look, I just want to close with that. Is yeah. that, is that um, I think that um, love, love is, is only in existence through free will. That's what love is. It's, it's, free will is part of love. Love is, is God, but um, there's a purpose for that tree to be there. There's a reason why That's it's my there. point, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, that's, that's why I stand on that, is that uh, God proves his love to us by giving us free will, and we wouldn't even know that we have free will without the tree being there. Yeah, we, we have to close. Yeah, this, we, we, we was, probably go into that uh, maybe in another episode I, again. I think, I think this was actually like, you know, cracking our minds. <laughs> 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 yeah, I think this is, yeah. So if you go to the scripture, you're going to get more. Uh, but I think it was nice. Because, you know, sometimes when we talk about these things, we just talk about, like, surface stuff. You know, we never talk about those things that challenge us. And sometimes yeah. things that challenge us in the Bible, they sort of, you know, make us comfortable. We always want to be comfortable in what we know. Yeah. So uh, stuff that challenges, challenges us makes us feel bad. Do you mm. understand what I'm saying? Mm. And that's, that's the thing. Sometimes you got to go where no one goes. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Because... Sometimes we're comfortable, but we still have questions. You yes. know that thing? We're yeah. comfortable, but we still have questions. But the moment when we decide, but God, we want to know more, and God reveals more. God reveals more. So, yeah, that's, 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 that's the thing. Like, we're closing with the, uh, one thing I heard from J John Lennox that, you know, he decided he's going to debate these big questions that no one could ever answer. People were running away, but he said, I'm going straight to them. Yeah. And there's nothing if we have God to fear. And if we're wrong, obviously, we don't want to blaspheme. We don't blaspheme at all. But if we don't get it right, then God will correct us. So if you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is your opportunity. And John will lead you into prayer. Okay. Um, this is a, it's a call for salvation. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ in your your life before i can guarantee you it's the best decision that you can make uh you certainly changed myself and uh, almost anybody here at at the active church and uh, i just want to encourage you to make that decision uh, open your heart to god and uh, he'll open every single door that that life has to offer anything that's worth it so uh, just if you if you're willing to to take this next step in your life um just repeat this with me uh, jesus i accept you into my heart Jesus, i accept you into my heart 
Uh, I thank you for your death on the cross for my for my for my salvation. I thank you for the death on the cross for my salvation. It is through you that I gain life in eternal. It's through you that I gain life in eternal. And I'm excited to live the rest of my life with you. And I am excited to live the rest of my life with you. Amen. Amen. This is my show, not my show. Thank you, guys. Let's just say I heard a trope. <laughs>